1: Little fool for you, so life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful. Laugh a little
0: more tight, tighten up your core. Said he can You're kicking it with four
1: with Amy Brown. Okay,
0: here we are, episode nine. And Stevenson has been on the podcast a lot, but Stashira never has been. And she's sitting right here. Can you say hi? Hi. What are you eating? Banana chips. Okay, so one of their favorite snacks ever is banana chips, which hi. they uh-huh. have a lot of those in Haiti. Yeah. And then y'all eat fried plantains. Those are uh-huh. really yummy. And then uh-huh. what what, are the, what other snacks do you have? What are your yeah. favorite snacks? Popcorn. Popcorn? And banana <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so tell banana everybody, chip. sorry for for chewing into the microphone. Why? <laughs> because it's annoying when you. Oh, are we smacking? No! What's the rule on smacking? It good with smacking? No. If you smack your bubble gum, what do you have to do with it? Um, swallow it. <laughs> No, you have to spit it out because what did I tell you about gum? If you swallow it, it lives in your stomach for how many years? One year old. Yeah, till you're really old, like seven years, which I have no idea if that's true. Obviously, if you're listening, it's not true. You pass it out when you go to the bathroom. Okay, my daughter is clarifying that the seven-year gum rule in your stomach is not true. You pass it out when you go to the bathroom. (laughs) You should be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. You want to be a doctor too? I would be so proud if y'all both grew up to be doctors. So today I've got Bobby. Bones coming on, which is, you know, how I even got into radio. The likelihood of anybody listening right now that doesn't Anyone know me through Bobby or the Bobby Bones Bone show is slim. I just figure y'all know who he is. But yeah, Bobby Bones is coming on. We're gonna talk for a little bit. And then I'm gonna share with y'all some self-tanning tips because some people ask about that because I get spray tans and self-tans, I try to stay out of the sun as much as possible. So I'll share some of that info with you. And then celery juice is such a thing right now. I don't know if y'all I mean you on Instagram you see people post. About it, but I mean, I want to give y'all a little bit more in depth look into it and some research and how it's like really helping people. And I don't know. <laughs> so, let's just go ahead and get started with today's episode because these kids are getting antsy, and I think I need to get them home. Are y'all ready to go home? Yeah. Can you just say, "Hope everybody enjoys the podcast." I hope you enjoy today's episode of Footing with Emmy Brown. Good job, guys. Thank you. First thing. Now I have on somebody that maybe,
1: now I'm nervous. (laughs) What's wrong with you? You should leave this part in. We've been having a conversation off the air for like an hour.
0: Okay, okay. What do you want to talk about? I don't
1: know what you're going to talk about. Go ahead. I
0: know. Well, there's some parts I want to talk about just like, I feel maybe we could give people some advice on good ways to communicate. Because I feel like you're learning, you're really becoming a better communicator. Do you feel like you've improved your communication skills since we started working together, like 13 years well, ago? Yeah,
1: because I was just a kid and I had terrible communication skills. I think that for me though, I just I had to go to people, I had to go to people who knew how to fix people. Like I didn't get better just by doing it, or I would have stayed the same. I went to like a lot of therapy. I went to an uh, entire like camp, and I went to that. That's pretty good for me. I went to this place called Onsite, and I was recommended it by Dave Haywood from Lady Annabellum and he was like, hey, you should go. So, I mean, it was, it's was it been learning tools more yeah. so than figuring it out.
0: Because this is Bobby Bones here, by but the way. But also I think
1: podcasts are good, too. I think books are good. I think any, any way you can get a tool, period, is good.
0: Right. Well, one thing I wanted to dive into with you is I've seen a transformation, so I thought there are probably a lot of people out there listening that have trouble with communicating or expressing feelings and I've seen you grow in that area, and I thought maybe you could share little ways that 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 you've done that, and then you've been able to share it with your books. And when you're in front of a microphone, you have no issue talking. Like you're it's easy. It just like comes naturally to you. That's where you're most comfortable. But when you take the microphone away, or maybe you take the book away, or if like say you're writing a book, you're like giving advice. Sometimes you're hard to to get into
1: part of it for me was I didn't want to be a hundred years old and not have deeper relationships with people, because when I was twenty-five, who cares? Yeah, I mean, who cares? I'm twenty-five. I'll figure it out before I turn forty. That was always kind of the mindset. Well, then I'm kind of approaching forty now. I'm thirty-eight, so I, you know, the pitter patter of footsteps uh, to forty years old, and not to forty's old because nothing's old now.
0: It just seemed when you really get close. old to us a long time ago. Yeah, 30. I remember
1: being 29 and going, oh my God, I might as well die tomorrow. I'm about to be 30. <laughs> this is crazy. And now I'm 38 and I'm like, yeah, 40 is not that bad. But for me, it was more of, you know, we only have a, a, a short amount of time. And I always thought it was so cliche when people would say, we only have a short amount of time on earth. But as you get older, you go, oh, like I've done half of it already. Like yeah. I'm on the, probably on the back side of it. And so it was, I'd like to have more meaningful relationships and because i've spent a lot of my life focused on not so much the relationship part but uh, the career part and that would always take my focus off of it because i wasn't good at it and so what i would do is i just started going to people that could help me and see it from an outside perspective so i started going to therapy and then i um, would read books and listen to podcasts a little bit I've listened to Brene Brown and read those books a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, she's huge on vulnerability.
1: Yeah, and that's what I struggle with the most. Yeah, the most.
0: Yeah, I would say so. And
1: then I went to, um, you know, this this camp. It's not even a camp. I just call it that. But again, everybody doesn't have those resources. One, I'm single, I have any kids, and I have a good job where I make a good living, so I can actually afford it. I don't have to worry about a kids' college fund or anything like that. Or, or so. But I think that for me, it was actually getting those tools and. Just leaning into really uncomfortable things.
0: What are some tools you now have in your toolbox? Well, now
1: it's just if it's uncomfortable, I, I just go into it and lean into it. Um, I think it's that way for not only humans, but also in everything that I do. Like if something's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I kind of just go, well, let me push into it extra hard then. I did that on that TV show.
0: Is that where you decided to do? Dancing with the Stars, do you think?
1: No, I did Dancing with the Stars. That's why I ended up doing well at Dancing with the Stars. That's not why I did it. I did it because ABC was like, hey, do Dancing with the Stars.
0: Well, uh-huh. I mean, but it was something that I mean, that's a vulnerable situation for you because you're you're yeah, normally the top of what you do. Like you have put you're good at what you do and you're in radio and you've got other skill sets, but, you know, you're really awesome at it before. I think you get out there or maybe you're just faking Well, it I practice make it a lot it. You, until right.
1: it's time to get out there But
0: dancing. You just had to get out there and do it. And you really had no previous experience. So that was I feel like that was a vulnerable spot for you.
1: It was vulnerable once I decided I was going to take it seriously. Okay. If I would have just been like, oh, I'm going to go goof around, and if I win, who cares? If I lose, who cares? That would have been easy for me to do. But for me to go, I'm really going to try to win, and that was vulnerable for me. But again, it was it was uncomfortable to do, and there were times where I thought, I'm never going to get this right. But all of those Dancing with the Stars things are you know, very metaphor for life type things, because at the beginning of the week, every week, I'll be like, I don't understand this. That's like a beginning of a relationship, or it's the beginning of any new task. I'm like, I don't understand this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And so many times in relationships, I'd be like, you know what? I don't understand it, so I'm just going to run away from it. And so I didn't do that on the show. And I think I went into the show at the right time because my mind was pretty good. My Mm -hmm. mind's pretty good right now with, you know, "Let uh, let me see what I can get myself into. And so, yeah, I got into that show at a good time. Wasn't good. And I'm not good at interpersonal communication so much.
0: Um, well, that's interesting. That's the first time I think you've I've heard you at least refer to week to week on the show being a metaphor for life and like how at the beginning of the week you thought there was no way, no chance. Then you worked at it, worked at it, worked at and it. And
1: I was with I had to work with someone else. True. Which was difficult for me because, and it was a partnership, and I wasn't the boss.
0: Which normally you are.
1: Which in what the things that I can control, I've made that way. Yeah. Um, and so that was a thing too. Where and so was, at the end
0: of the week, how would you? feel like if it started off like so how is that explain to people how you see that as a metaphor for life I mean I get it but well I'm a metaphor to... for
1: relationships a metaphor mm-hmm. for any new mm-hmm. sort of venture that I understood nothing about it and I was so uncomfortable that I thought there is no way I'm going to figure this out but after about the second or third time that I figured it out I went I'm not going to figure it out again but I've got to trust the process that I know I'm going to feel lost and so I knew the negative feelings I was going to have. And I actually wrote about this in my last book, where it was if you know yourself, you can actually play against yourself. Meaning, I know usually when I'm going to freak out about something. And so when I do, I'm able to go, you knew you were going to freak out. You knew you were going to act like this. So just handle it. Um, and if you know yourself, you can do that. And I started to know myself even in that show. And in my last book, I wrote about how, you know, if you had to give a speech in front of your office, And a week out, you're kind of nervous. But you know to yourself, you're going to be really nervous the day before. You're going to be extremely nervous 15 minutes before. And it's not going to mean you can't do it, but since you know that, you can go ahead and write it down. And so when you actually do have that happen to you, you go, oh, I knew this was going to happen. This is not crazy. I can go ahead and, and, and push through this. And so that's what happened with the dancing was that I'd freak out every Tuesday at about the third or fourth week, I would still freak out, but I would go, this is normal to freak out, and it's okay that I freak out because I'm supposed to freak out, and I could actually digest that a little easier. And then finally when Thursday or Friday came around and I started to get it a little bit, then you get to the show again on Monday and you'd be like, okay, I don't fully have it because I don't think we ever fully have anything. I don't think we ever figure anything out. We kind of figure it out the best we can, and then whenever the the, the horn goes, we execute to the best of our ability. But because there are so many factors that that, that jump in, Uh, last minute or during, we don't ever really have it figured out. But I knew myself, so I knew how to handle the situation.
0: I feel like you're someone that a lot of people look to that probably think you have it all figured out. I
1: have nothing figured out. But I have it so figured out because I know I have nothing figured out. I think the key to understanding anything is to know you will never understand it. I mean, that's really the key for me in my life so far has been I don't know how to do anything. And the fact that I know I don't know how to do anything is the most – that I can prepare myself. And so, I mean, it was like, I remember going to college and studying, you know, uh, Socrates and Aristotle and Plato. And even the most basic, I think in the first day of class, we learned about when Socrates went out and uh, searched the world for the smartest man. And he went all over, and the world. The world wasn't the world then. It was a very much smaller area. Um as to what we, we know the world is now. But he searched the world for the smartest man, and he went back. And so many people that he went to said, "No, yes, I'm the smartest man. Um, I'm paraphrasing the story so we can get through it. And he would talk to them, and he would go to someone else. No, I am the smartest man. And once he got back home, he realized that he was actually the smartest man oh. because he knew that he didn't know anything. And everyone else, all these scholars who claim to know everything, they uh, deemed themselves the most intelligent being. But once he had spoken to all of them and got back, I mean, a little arrogant of him to go. I'm now the smartest man because, but, but really, he he had to figure it figured out that it wasn't. Now is
0: that what you're saying? It, it, no, it wasn't
1: just about him. It was that 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 understanding of it was actually yes. the smartest you could be right. to understand that you really don't understand. And I think we look at people and they go, and, and we look at uh, people that we work with, or and you can even go to the social media uh, aspect of it and go, oh wow, they have it figured out. Like they know what they're doing, and I don't. And I think that's a very familiar feeling to all of us when we see somebody who's good at something. And it looks like they've got it figured out. But they really don't. Like, I don't know anybody that does anything at a high level that actually has it down. I mean, there are artists that I know that are A-plus artists that go, like, I'm trying. But they, you know, they get in their head about what songs to cut. I know um, speakers. I know people on radio. I know, you know, even people in the medical profession that go, I've learned everything I can learn. But to act like you know everything about everything would be wrong because you don't. So I think the key to uh, whatever it is as you you grow is that it's okay that you don't know everything because no one does. Even if it seems like they do, they don't.
0: So a couple of takeaways with you right now is vulnerability, Um, don't claim to know everything even if you think you know everything, Um, approach each thing in your life, whether it's a relationship or something you might be scared of or a job opportunity or something with with okayness that it's it's okay to be scared about it or to freak out about it or be nervous like that's okay live in those moments right
1: it's actually uh, even bigger than that it's okay to not do well at it because I've only gotten good at things when I've been bad at them for a long time mm-hmm. like I think that's part of the process of actually making something be success a success is it not being a success for a while because you have to you have to actually learn about it yeah I've never done anything right and learned and been, a, been better from it the, anytime I've done anything the first time. And it went well. I've never learned anything from it.
0: Which is why I think your book was such a success, Fail Until You Don't. And then you brought up Brene Brown earlier, and she says a lot of the same things about failure. Like, you're you're not going to make it anywhere unless you fail.
1: It's fun for it to work out. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, but you don't learn anything from it, and it, it there's no impact on you if something just happens to work out. Actually, it puts you in a hole. If you were to accidentally do something right, and it happened, and then you fail after that, not only are you failing at a higher spot, but you didn't learn anything from the time before you. So it's like you're back two notches. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it.
0: I like that. Well, I was definitely going to dig in a little bit deeper with you and, like, your communication and growth that I've seen, but I like where this went.
1: Hey, I like Hey, next it. time. Next what, time. Whatever you want.
0: We can have you back as sort of a...
1: Have me back? I'm in my own studio. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about Have me back? Oh, I feel like you've come into this.
0: Sorry. We'll, ha- well, I will have you on as a guest again, and we can... You know, dive into that because I think I have seen growth and I have loved the growth that I've seen in your communication. And some of that is the vulnerability too, and your you opening up and you being wanting to be more intentional.
1: Sure. I would agree with all of that. Okay.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I know you're extremely busy. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Second thing. All right. Let's talk celery. Celery juice in particular, but I'll start with my feelings on celery. I used to hate it. I actually taught myself to like it. So when I started doing glowing green smoothies years ago by Kimberly Snyder, it's her recipe and it called for celery and I didn't put it in there. I would make the glowing green smoothie sans celery. I just didn't want to have anything to do with celery. I thought it tasted gross. And then I realized I was missing out on some of the benefits, the detoxifying benefits of celery. And I thought, okay, I got to start adding this in. So I slowly started to add it into the glowing green smoothie. And then I realized I couldn't even really taste it with all the other stuff. And then it really started to not bother me. And now I can eat celery. It's almost like I trained myself to like it. And it was really because of the benefits. Like you may think celery has no calories and just full of water and it does nothing for your body, but it actually is really, really good for you and for your liver in particular, again, because it's for detoxifying. So right now... Celery juice is all the craze. Like I see it all over Instagram. It comes up in conversations with people. Like people that I didn't even know would be into celery juice, somehow it just comes up and I'm like, You're doing it too. So if you haven't heard of celery juice, I bet after you listen to this podcast, you're gonna start noticing it places because like Karen Fairchild from Little Big Town, she posted something on her Instagram stories and it was a picture of green celery juice. And she's like, Okay, diving in or whatever. And so I immediately damned her and I was like, You're doing this too? Cause it's like everywhere. And she's like, Yeah, I guess you read the same goop article as I did. And I did read a Goop article, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle blog. If you'll haven't ever checked that out, it's full of like really interesting stuff. But celery juice is being deemed the new miracle juice. I also follow the Balance Blonde on Instagram and she has Lyme disease. And she, because of her disease, she does all kinds of things for her body. But one thing in particular is every morning on an empty stomach, she has, I don't know, maybe 24, 30 ounces. I can't remember the exact amount she does. 24 ounces of straight celery juice. Now, obviously that's not a breakfast. So, if you do this, I think like 30 minutes after you've drinking it, you can have something for breakfast too. Having it on an empty stomach is apparently imperative and not mixing anything else with it is also something you can't do. Like don't even throw lemons or limes or anything else healthy and apple, no nothing. It has to be straight up celery juice. And again, On an empty stomach. So y'all, I've tried it. And coming from someone who used to hate celery, it was fine. Like I drank it, no problem. Now, if you have major issues with it, they say start small, like maybe start with eight ounces because it may even mess with your stomach. Like if you have really crazy things going on with your gut, what it's doing is it's healing certain things and you may have some bathroom issues. But if your gut's pretty healthy, it may not affect you as bad. And you can go ahead and drink the 16 ounce right away, which is the recommended amount. Now, the girl I mentioned, the Balanced Blonde that has Lyme disease, she does a higher amount because she's fighting an illness. But if you're just doing it day to day, they recommend 16 ounces every morning. Make sure that it's fresh, plain celery juice. Again, no other ingredients. Organic if possible. If it's not organic, make sure you're washing it thoroughly. I mean, obviously you have to have a juicer to do this sort of thing, but maybe you have a local juicery in your neighborhood or somewhere you could go where if you really wanted to try this out, they could make it for you. Um, And then you could drink it and see how you feel. And again, you kind of got to be careful with it because you could see some things going on if you have a high level of toxins in your body and your body's trying to eliminate the toxins. So the celery juice might start moving some things around. So be aware of that. Now I do have a friend, his name's Adam Bobo and he is doing a 30 day celery experiment because he also read about it. He follows on Instagram, which this was also on the Gwyneth Paltrow article based on the same person, but his Instagram handle is at medical medium. So if you want to check that out, there's more info there too, but he saw it there first and he is kind of a guy, Adam is, that likes to like test things out on his body and see how he feels. So Adam Bobo is doing that for 30 days, and I might get him to come on and give a full report on how he has felt once the 30 days is up. Because as of right now, I think he's only on day five or so. And then I've only done it a couple of times, so I can't sit here and say that I feel so amazing and it's a life-changing thing, but I just felt like we needed to address it here as one of the things because it really is wildly popular right now as we enter 2019 and there's different health crazes, but I see everyday people talking about it and I see the health benefits. Maybe if you even have something going on with you, you might want to look into this. And then the guy's book, Medical Medium, what is his real name? Let me Hold on. He's got a book called Liver Rescue. I know that. Oh, Anthony William. That's his name. Check him out. And I will keep y'all posted on how I feel. And then I will bring Bobo in to give an update on how he feels. And okay. All right. Well, there you go. Celery, celery juice. Again, it is called the miracle juice something that has been out of stock but is now back in stock I just want to tell you all about and it's our joy seeker little zipper pouches they're for accessories and they're so cute they say four things it says be kind choose joy laugh a lot eat cake so if you would like another reminder to seek that joy in these fun ways then you should check this out I use mine inside my four things tote or any other bag that I carry to hold little accessories like right now it's got my phone charger my computer charger and some pins and a couple other things to keep it all in there That used to just float around in my bag. But anyway, these are back in stock under Espoir over at theshopforward.com, which Espoir means hope in Haitian Creole. And everything under Espoir goes towards spreading hope in Haiti. And we're just so grateful for your support. So if you want to go check it out and see if a Joy Seeker little zipper pouch is something that you're into, they're now back in stock. So theshopforward.com, check it out someone that definitely has to stay out of the sun. Like I don't have that pretty olive skin. I get really pink if I'm in the sun if I don't have on like SPF 100 or if that even exists. But I also have a lot of freckles and white spots and I can really see my skin aging from when I was in the sun as a kid because I mean, there were times where I would just lay outside with baby oil on. I know that's like a way old person thing, but I definitely did that in junior high. And I put lemon juice in my hair or sun in. Is that what we called it? Is that what it's called? Where you could like spray it in your hair or just put lemon juice in your hair and it would give you natural sun-kissed highlights, except for my hair turned kind of orange. But anyway, long story short, I have to stay out of the sun. So I do self-tanning. I either get a spray tan, but that's not always easy to do, especially now that I have kids. I just it's easier to just self tan at home. And I know a lot of you may not have someone that can give you a spray tan. So I thought I would tell you all what I do at home to self tan if you're looking for that winter glow. Cause right now, I mean, you're probably pretty pale like I am, but you may want to feel a little more confident. And I feel like self tanner does that for me. San Tropez is my favorite brand. This isn't a commercial or anything. This is just honestly, I've tried a ton of self tanners and this is the best one. And how you spell that is S T. T R O P E Z Santropay and it comes with a mitt. Well, I think you have to buy the mitt, but you can get it at Sephora, a couple of other places have it. You could order it online. But if you can't find it near you, I don't. I think Ulta has it too. Most of the time, I just if I'm at the mall, I run into Sephora and grab it. But it's the best one, and I have friends that swear by this brand too. So I would not steer you wrong. I just get the San Tropez original foam. They have a lot of different ones, but original is the way to go. And then you buy the little mitt that they recommend and you put it on. But I'll give you some tips as well in case this is something that's new to you and you want the best results. So. What you want to do is exfoliate your skin for sure, but try to do it 24 hours before you tan because that way it'll get your skin nice and ready, but then your pores aren't all open. So that being said, if you're shaving or waxing or any of that, do it 24 hours before you put on your self tan. And then you could even the day before moisturize really good because I think whenever my tans, my self tans turn out really bad, it's because I have super dry skin and it just doesn't end up as even. So I'll exfoliate, I'll moisturize, and then right before I tan, I shower, but then I make sure I'm really, really dry. I do it at night before I go to bed, and I get out of the shower. Again, I'm all dry. make sure that I have no wet spots on me whatsoever. If I've taken a hot shower, I maybe let my body cool off a little bit, and then that way I'm not sweating or something, because then that will mess up your tan as well. But get your mitt and get your Saint-Tropez Classic. Original foam or whatever. I think I said it's original, but now that I think about it, it might be called classic. So I don't want to steer you guys wrong, but it's a white bottle with a blue cap. Then you put a few pumps on and you start to just do circular motions all over your body until it's blended in. And I like that it's tinted so you can actually see where you're putting it. And then the sponge helps you make it really, really even and then, or the mitt, and that helps you not get it all over your hand and look all funky. But circular motions are definitely key and then make sure that you're covered all over if it's really hard to get your back if you've got a husband or a roommate or maybe if you're a guy listening you've got a wife a boyfriend girlfriend whatever somebody that can come help you do your back a kid although I don't know if I would trust them as much but my husband I'll definitely hopefully he's okay with admitting this but he puts on my mitt and he will do my back for me in circular motions and he makes sure that it's really. Even, and then you can check yourself out in the mirror, make sure you're good to go. And then if you feel like you got some of it on your hands in some way, shape or form, don't wash your, I I do kind of do circular motions on the top of my hands. So that way it looks like blended, but not too much because then your hands look really orange. But if you want to wash the palm of your hands at all, you can get like a baby wipe or something and then wipe it clean. That way you can control where you're wiping. You're not putting your hands underwater. And then after you put it on, have some loose fitting clothes to throw on. I have this pair of pajamas. It's a black top and black bottoms that I wear every time I self tan because they just fit really good and loose. And it's, it's just like a great way to keep the tan from getting all messy. If you put on anything tight, definitely don't recommend that. So loose fitted, dark clothing, and then you crawl in bed and then boom, you wake up with a tan And you definitely rinse off because you're going to kind of smell. I haven't been able to find a self-tanner that doesn't eventually end up smelling. Some claim to not smell, but they just do. Uh, But wake up, take a shower if you really want it to last. Rinse off with a cold shower. Um, And then if you want to get it darker, you can do it, like sometimes I'll do it two nights in a row and I'll end up with a really natural looking kind of bronzy tan and that way, I don't have to put on too much or one thick layer the night before, because then it gets really messy. So you can do it a couple nights in a row, and then that'll last you the rest of the week. And then you just kind of the next week repeat, and that way you can keep a tan. So I hope that that helps, and this wasn't too boring for anybody that's you know already got tan skin. But for us really pale folks, maybe this could be really really helpful for you. Okay, all right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. (sighs) When we first got our kids, my husband bought trash picker uppers, like, yeah, the things with the stick and the little claw that picks up trash, because he thought whenever we go on walks as a family, it'd be a really good thing to teach our kids about picking up trash because our kids, they liked litter and it's not their fault. Um, I shouldn't say they liked litter. I would say, let me explain. So they grew up in Haiti. And they were used to being able to just throw trash in the streets. And now not everybody in Haiti is like that. But when you have a culture that that's what they tend to do, when you come to America where littering is illegal at times, I'm pretty sure, isn't it everywhere? I don't know. State to state, I'm sure it varies, but you can get fined for littering. And we try to teach our kids about it. So we bought these trash picker uppers. And it's like this whole thing, like we'll go walk the dog and we've got this little stick. And it's good. We feel like we're helping contribute to cleaning up our neighborhood as well. Then I saw this article about plogging. And I don't know if you've ever heard of plogging, but it's a fitness trend that is going on in Sweden. And they're really into it. I guess they've been doing it for a couple of years now. And it's where you go out for a jog or run or whatever, but you take a little trash bag with you and you pick up trash while you do it. And you can go to Instagram and search the hashtag plogging P-L-O-G-G-I-N-G. And you'll see thousands of photos of joggers alongside their bags of trash. And it's kind of like they're, they're really proud of it and it's awesome. So if you want to get into this, Uh, Maybe try it with your family. I had no idea my husband and I were already participating in plogging. Now, we're not jogging while we do it, but we are out on family walks and we're picking up trash. So maybe you could try it out. I haven't hashtagged anything yet, but maybe next time we go out on a walk, we'll do it. But yeah, check out plogging. Pick up trash while you're out and about. It's kind of the new fitness trend that will also help the environment. (laughs) You never know what you're going to learn here on this podcast. Okay. That's a wrap on episode nine. A big thank you to my friend, Bobby Bones for coming on. Hopefully y'all enjoyed our little chat and the other three things that went along with today's episode. We always do four things. And sometimes I get ideas about what's going to be a thing from emails that y'all send me. So make sure that you're emailing. It's four things with Brown at gmail.com. And then I also always do an email shout out at the end of each podcast. So I'm about to get to that, but this is kind of leading in what's to come next week is Olivia emailed me last week and gave me a recommendation of something to watch and I'm turning it into a thing because it's something that made me cry and I want to share it with y'all, but I don't think the crying is bad. I really think I needed to cry. And then I want to talk about the benefits of crying and why my mother-in-law even gave me advice sometimes to where if you really, really know you need to cry, then you might need to make an appointment cry. So if you need to make an appointment cry, I'm going to tell you the movie to watch that's going to allow you to cry. And you can basically build your day around it, and it'd be amazing, and hopefully you'll feel better. So all that to say, we love it when you email. So let's transition now into my email shout-out, which today comes from Sarah. And here's what she wrote. I found it to be really interesting and maybe something that we could all think about. Amy, So yesterday I drove home from a trip and I binged a few episodes and it gave me the opportunity to hear the song over and over, which by the way, is so cute. Go Walker Hayes. But here's what I hear when the line says, tighten up your core things. I know this can be a literal tightening up of your core, like on your body. But what I thought of it was tightening up the core parts of me. Like what are my beliefs? What is important to me? And do I live my life reflecting those things? What are my goals for this coming year? And do my core beliefs or core behaviors help me achieve them? Or do I need to tighten up some things? Looking at the lyrics this way has really made me reflect and really think about what I want to be different in my life this year and to really consider how I can tighten some things up where I'm lacking so that I can be more successful. And then she signed her name, Sarah. She wrote a couple of other things, but then signed her name. Sarah. And I thought this was a really interesting perspective. So I wanted to share it with you all because it's challenging me to now, when I hear that lyric, to think of my life that way. And what things do I need to tighten up? And I know when Walker wrote the song, he definitely was doing it because I told him I was going to have health and fitness tips from time to time. So of course, he's a genius and put in the lyric, like tighten up your core things. And I was going to have recipes. So he put casserole things. He's really clever. But I sent this note to Walker, too, so that I could tell him that people are taking on new meaning to his lyrics. And so, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing this. It's super awesome. Okay, I guess all that said, my usual shout outs. I guess we've already shouted out Walker Hayes for the song. I really want to thank him every time because I'm just so grateful for it. And then thank you to Elizabeth and Mike D for putting this podcast up and making it possible for all you to hear. All right. See you next time. (laughs) <laughs> be kind to joy, laugh a lot, E.K., E.K., be kind to
1: joy, be kind laugh Cass up Little food for yourself. So life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful,
0: thank a little more things. Tight tighten up your course. City K your kick in it with four
1: things. With Amy Brown.
0: All summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, com, BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. <sighs> this festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's (sighs) musicgives.org.